Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 1330, air date September 29th, 2023. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. It's Dr. Shiva Ayadure. I have the pleasure of a uh, wonderful guest, uh, Eustace Conway, is joining us. Eustace and I just have become uh, recent friends. Um, and uh, Eustace, are you there? Eustace is out I'm in hey. North Carolina. Um, but the way Eustace and I met each other is quite interesting um, because I saw a video someone sent me on Instagram um, where Eustace was uh, very, very excited about our movement, our campaign, uh, you know, my run for president. And then we decided it'd be important to share how his journey, how he came to find out about us, why um, you know, Eustace, you're supporting us, which we're very honored by. Um, but before I do that, I just want to play this video to everyone joining on uh, the video uh, that I saw on Instagram at Crystal forwarded to me. And it's a very nice uh, video. Let me bring it up here. And by the way, to those people joining, this is a conversation with uh, Eustace Conway, who uh, is known as the last American man. And the fact that he's endorsing us for our president of the United States. So let me uh, play Eustace's video right here, and uh, here we go. I found out that one of my heroes, Malcolm X, is also the hero of a man that I recently became acquainted with, who is now one of my new heroes, a fellow named Dr. Shiva, and he stands for truth, freedom, and health and who can't get behind truth freedom and health i know i sure can i sure as beep can <laughs> at this day and time we really need to pay attention to such things as truth freedom and health and dr shiva is the probably the only threat to the establishment in this country that i've seen in my lifetime you know little blips coming to go but right now dr shiva is a real and serious threat to the absolute atrocities that are going on in our government here today. And he's just standing up for truth and telling people about it. And I'm gonna vote for him for president because I feel like he is a man that is actually gonna do something. It's a completely inverted paradigm. Dr. Shiva is all about a bottoms up movement, not the upper echelon telling the lowers how to live, how to be. This is the opposite of the insanity of the controllers. Dr. Shiva can tell you all about it, and I hope you look at it and take it seriously, just like I have, because Dr. Shiva is the only man that I have seen in my entire lifetime that really ought to be and is correctly groomed for being the president and leader of this country. All right, Eustace, first of all, Eustace, thank you very much for those kind words. Um, perhaps a way to, and I noticed Eustace, what really got me excited was, obviously it was very nice to hear those kind words and your support, but you held up the flyer at the end, you know? To me, that's a very high state of consciousness because the flyer that we put together basically tells people, get on the ground. You have to do the work. No one else is gonna come do it for you. 
And, you know, we've been getting people to get on the ground and put out the work, but we want the individual person to be the hero, you know, stop looking to these swarm creatures who aren't going to do anything. And, uh, uh, you know, over the last couple of weeks, um, every time I do a video, I say, hey, look, get on the ground, get that flyer, put it up. So I was very excited that you told people to put that flyer, right? Because that's pretty much it. We can talk theory all day. Obviously, it's great to get your support. But ultimately, people have to get on the ground and get off their butts. Um, those in power, um, really, they're fine talking about stuff. They're fine exposing how bad the establishment is. But they surely don't want us building an independent movement. So I just want to share with you this video that John put together because we set up a separate um, phone number where when people put out a bumper sticker, when they start handing flyers, we want them to send us what they're doing from all over the world, be it from Norway to Australia uh, to the United States. Let me play this video for you. It's called Go Offline, okay? And this is just a little compilation of what's going on. The extreme mind control that more than half of our populace is under. How are you meandering around that? What's really cool about that use just is we're getting people all over <clears throat> all over the world to get on the ground and we have these bumper stickers and what's nice about the bumper stickers for working people they you know getting on the ground and handing out a flyer for a lot of people is such a new event because they're used to just being on these stupid iPhones all day right we're not even talking to anyone so first step is do you have the ability to put a, a something on your car because now you're using your own vehicle as an advertising vehicle. The second thing is download that flyer, which we've open source, go to your public libraries, get a printer, you know, and hand it out. So that's just the beginning. And this is a complete shift in mindset um, of getting the individual to start valuing who they are. So it's really a raising of consciousness, Eustace, and it's happening. So that's a pretty cool video. You know, it's a little bit edgy, meaning, you know, it has some music to it. Um, so you're getting people excited a little bit to go um, value themselves. But I think Eustace, maybe it'll be really valuable for all of our audience um, to sort of your journey of how you came to find out about what I'm doing, what we're doing, and what excited you. Um, you talked about Malcolm X. You know, I remember ninth grade, my history teacher, in those days, right around the 70s, you still had some good teachers, you know, before the Department of Education destroyed everything. And his name was Mr. Schmidt. He was also our baseball coach. And the goal in his class was even if you got an A in everything, he wouldn't give you an A. You'd only get a B unless you did an extra credit project. And the extra credit project was he had a list of books and you had to read from one of those books and write a detailed report and meet with him. And it was interesting as looking back, the book that I chose was the autobiography of Malcolm X. 
nice. in ninth grade, you know, which profoundly affected me because I felt a lot of connection. His journey felt very similar to my journey, what I'd gone through. But go ahead, Eustace, I want people to hear how you, about Malcolm X, how, you know, you came across us and why you support our movement. And then we can talk about many other things, the woods, snakes, you know, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> well, particularly by nature and a life of experience, I'm a problem solver. And to figure out how to fix any and every problem, whether it's a social relationship with your boyfriend or your husband uh, or your wife uh, or your car or a light bulb that doesn't work, whatever, you have to figure out, well, what is the problem? You have to find the problem and then you come up with a, a possible solution uh, or two or three, you pick the best one. So um, I have recognized the problem uh, a problem, many problems. We we have a problem in this country. Anybody that doesn't know we have a problem in this country is way too asleep. But uh, it's it's almost uh, like an un, unreal story. But it's true that many years ago, I walked out into the forest and started living amongst nature and being very very removed from the modern world, right here in uh, America, North America, North Carolina. And so I spent uh, like 42 years in, in a time warp. You know, I, I didn't really have much contact with the modern world. So I lived off grid for 42 years. And I've, I've come out more recently to sort of see what's going on with the world out here. And uh, I've recognized that we have severe problems. And, and it has to do with your entire uh, platform. You know, when I heard there was somebody that was putting their foundation on truth and freedom and health. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> back up. Tell me about this person, because this is the most important foundation. This, this all connects with everything that is the problem in that we don't hear the truth. You know, we're, we're satiated with lies. And the biggest problem there is people believe the lies and they have no idea that, they're just living on lies. And basically, I tell, have started telling people, like, I might not know the truth, but if the government is telling you, you know that's not the truth. You know, this is pretty much a blanket statement. And freedom is something that I have experienced probably more than anyone else in North America. It's like, if, if you live in the forest and you're governed by nature's laws, it's, uh, it's extraordinarily different than the laws of man that you in, encounter, incur, subject yourself to when you are going up and down a paved road or sidewalk or a modern world. And then health is something that I've paid attention to all of my life, and it's just outrageous. If you can imagine a 42-year time work, you go into the forest and everybody is thin and healthy relatively, you come out, and you just see people that are so obese and unaware of like why they are, you know, they have no idea what food is like what authentic food is. So uh, I'm a, I'm a very interesting uh, voice. Somebody that has uh, kind of just gone through a time warp, you might say, and, and, uh, and sort of, can see with perspective in a way that if you haven't 
had some kind of experience to give you a lot of perspective, you would be uh, more like the most folks, just um, uh, unaware. And it's really sad that so many people are unaware. So I've, I feel committed to this problem solving of I want to do something about the problem. I want to help people out. I care about this country and I care about the people of this country. And, uh, and so I, I want to do something about it. That's why I go and talk to people every single day and say, hey, I need you to look at this. And I share information uh, about you and your values and your solution-oriented perspective. And, and I want people to get active because I value every single person and I know how things work. And things work by the mass of people having a voice that's based on knowledge and awareness and commitment and care. And if you don't have knowledge, you, you can't care. If you do care, you might be motivated enough to do something about it, especially if you have as much perspective as I do, that basically we're in dire straits. And yes, nobody comes and fixes it for you. We have to fix it ourselves. So I'm trying to do something to help you fix the problem. It's interesting, Eustace, because um, I think, you know, when I grew up as a child and I was born in India and I had these two worlds, you know, the world of Bombay, which was like a, I mean, it's multiple countries within one city, multiple religions, multiple castes, right? You'd be driving, you'd be walking along or driving along and you'd see uh, cows in the street to rickshaws to people in a Mercedes Benz to, you know, you see this whole motley of colors, quite extraordinary actually. But then I also grew up in this deep village in South India where my grandparents were, you know, there's no roads, right? There's no running water. Uh, people live in these villages, living literally off the land. So they have to solve problems, right? Constantly. A lot of relation, you and I, hearing that, it's like, well, we both know what it's like to be off-grid and not the luxury right. of running water. Right. You have to, you value every little water bowl you get, right? Everything. You get, every yeah. mouthful of food you get. Right. So you go to the, you know, the well to get water. Um, you value the water you get. Um, when you ate, you know, we ate rice on banana leaves, right? The banana leaves go, that's your plate. So you put the rice on there. The cows, the cow, the reason pe the pe a lot of people don't get this, but the, the reason you didn't kill your cow was every person had a cow. The cow was a machine. It was a mechanical engineering machine. It would take the grass, eat it. It gave the poop, which was a manure, which you use for many things. You used it to burn. You know, you used it to obviously uh, fertilize. You used it to make babuthi, which is holy ash. That ash, if you put around the house, would keep the ants away. Right. So everything was utilized. Um, so I was very, very fortunate to grow up in that. In retrospect, many Indians in India have never experienced village life. They think they're too good to even go to their grandparents' village anymore. 87% of India was villages. Um, and all the villages, interestingly enough, were run by women. And the citizens in, in almost like the Iroquois, the Native American head councils, right? right. It was total democracy. People made de decisions through this consensus model of debate and discourse. And they chose what was 
you know, through a process of consensus, what was right for the community. Um, you didn't have any crime because if people fucked around, they were taken care of pretty quickly, right? Uh, someone raped somebody, someone didn't treat somebody, the village took care of them. You know, it was just a community etiquette. Like we used to have, even when the internet first started, they called about netiquette, you know? Um, so you essentially had a lot of this ethos that was in there and it was very, very beautiful. You know, as you, you know, growing up, you go to bed at night, you know, there's no noise and you see stars out, you sleep on the floor, right? Um, you have all these things that you have to deal with that in many ways, you're always solving problems, you know? Um, and you take everything for, uh, you don't take anything for granted. Uh, if we had rice, you know, it was very interesting as you ate every little grain of rice. And it was not because you were hungry, because you valued the fact how much effort, because my grandparents would plant those rice seedlings, right? They'd be out in the things and you get leeches biting their legs, yeah. right? Um, it's just a lot of effort to grow one grain of rice. Yeah, so, absolutely. And the, the, the essence of that story is that the people had contact with the source and the energy input, the work that it took to produce every grain of rice. You know, and I, I had a, a similar epiphany with with some indigenous people down in South America. I got captured in a machine gun ambush by people that were uh, rebels and they didn't really know what I was. I was so far back in the jungle up near Neba in northern uh, Guatemala. They, they'd never seen a white person. They didn't even know what I was. You know, I mean, as like I was from another planet. And uh, I, through sign language, I communicated with them that I was not their enemy. And they were only after their enemy. If I wasn't their enemy, then they would let me go. And, and they did let me go. But in the process of going through my baggage, they spilled a bag of black beans. And here I am worrying about, am I going to be living in 10 minutes? And they are picking up every single bean and giving it back to me because honor is the basis, not only honor for me because it was my belonging, but honor to those beings because they understand the value of food. So that, that was a very impressionable moment on a lot of levels, but it goes back to the rice in your village. And so when you eat it off of that banana leaf plate, if there's one grain stuck, you lick it off and take it because and this is really the essence of, of the story you're sharing with me that I so appreciate is the people are connected to the source of what's coming into the world. And in a, as a problem solver and perspective person, the problem, one of the biggest problems in the entirety of our country in the modern world is that we are so far removed from that nobody knows what comes across their plate. And that's why I'm actually the opposite of that. My, my basically entire life, I've known everything that comes upon, across my life. Like you're talking about leaves. Like uh, I didn't buy a sheet of toilet paper for 42 years. I wiped with leaves for 42 yeah. years. And, yeah. and I, I'm really glad that I had that experience. And today, what's important is the unique voice and perspective that I have to recognize a person like you and know that you are real and you understand, you have the intelligence level to see the bigger picture and recognize and be able to talk 
to the people and you care about the people and the country and you understand the bull that goes on and are able to call it out and uh and the people need your voice they need your perspective they need your leadership i've told my friend nicole prosser who was the primary person to bring my attention to you i've told her for the last four years i said the biggest problem with this country today is lack of leadership and lack of vision like we don't have any real leadership and or certainly any leadership with authentic vision it's all bullshit exactly i see you i go wait a minute here's my new hero well thank you it's it's to me what i uh appreciate about the video that you did was over the last i would say the last six months we're getting you know the universe is uh bringing uh, to us these very enlightened souls and you know that they're enlightened because their ability to see through the illusion you know in the ancient indian scripts they um or many of the you know they called it some people called it the darkness right some people call it ignorance um there's a word that they use called maya m-a-y-a which means illusion so uh in many of the ancient texts they predict this time particularly this point in, in human history will be the most uh uh important test of the ability of people to see through Maya illusion. And they're going to be presented with people who say all the right things, but are just full of shit, you know, and these people are just organized criminals. And just a couple of days ago, there was something called the GOP debates. They're never going to put us on a debate because we destroy all of them. And when you look at everyone on that debate stage, they're basically all part of organized crime families. Um, and they cheat, they lie, they steal, they've killed people like the Kennedys, you know, um, and the, those in power have become very, very clever at literally creating this Maya. And they have Hollywood, and then they have uh, this entire infrastructure to create this veil of ignorance on people. So they have the obvious doofuses, you know, who screw over people, but since the 1950s, they've become a little more clever, right? They create the not so obvious people who in fact say all these words like car salesmen. Um, they'll even make people think they're on their side. And all people need to do is just to do a little bit of research. Just look at their history. What did they do two years ago, three years ago? What family, uh, you know, how did they make their own money? How did they get to being on mainstream media? And it pretty much unravels. It doesn't matter what their words say. And that, I think, Eustace, is where we're at. Do people want to get off their butts? Forget these evil individuals. Does the individual want to get off their butts? Do they want to be resourceful? Do they want to put a little bit of pain into realizing that, why am I voting for booby fucking Kennedy? You look at his life. His entire life and his entire family's existence was on manipulating people, was taking photographs, was having public relations people. Meanwhile, they killed people. They cheated people. They're the ones who created the Vaccination Act, right? Uh, then they say, we want to save you. So they also, let me go back to my earlier example, yeah. which is really, really important. It's so simple. I mean, I actually did personal study for years. Like, what is the problem? Why do we have such a problem? And so you use that family. But th that family in particular has no real experience with dirt up underneath their fingernails. You know, like 
never worn blisters on their feet, having fallen asleep because they're so tired they can't stand up. You know, they've never had the experience with basically what I would just say in a broad spectrum brush here is reality. They've never had contact with reality. So even if they wanted to do an authentic and ethical thing, they couldn't because they don't have the experience. You have to have the experience. And, and so they, they can't be a voice. They can't be an awareness. They can't care. They've been, they've been raised to think that they are in a different caste above and beyond and that the rest of the people are only uh, expendable, you know? So like- and, and, to be exploited, and to be exploited, you know, for their exploited as audience, exploited Absolutely. as someone they entertain. Um, to me, Eustace, it's very, very deep because my earliest memories were my great grandfather was an indentured servant. As an age, as a twelve-year-old, he went to Burma um, as a slave, essentially on a ship. But he worked so hard. The captain of that slave ship was so moved by his work, he let him off the three-year bond they had. You know, wow. essentially bondage. And um, you know, went to Burma. Burma was known as a land of snakes and Buddhism. And he became a, a sort of a very interesting yogi, a shaman of sorts, but he also worked, very practical person. He helped lots of people. He became quite uh, resourceful. He started with one farm. He grew up, this, you know, he created a very large farm there. And, and then World War II came, all these refugees were there. He literally went to Burma with nothing made his fortune and then gave away everything to all the refugees. He built homes for everyone and he left with nothing. And my great grandfather would say that you can judge a man's character by who they are, by when they have nothing, when they get something, when they lose it, do they maintain that evil keel? And I remember as a child watching him wake up at four in the morning, you know, they had these little wooden um, barrels where the night before, if you had any rice left over, you would put it in that barrel with water and it fermented. And that was the first thing he would drink in the morning, right? With that rice, with yogurt. Now, why is that? Because it gives you an amazing amount of, you know, they call it probiotics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember him in the fields until he's 90, 92. He'd be out there with the, uh, you know, you gather the rice and you have to break down the rice. Sometimes spitting up blood, Eustace. That's how hard he worked. Wow. And my dad grew up with nothing and he would... You know, I remember going back when I was in the village, there was a desk there. It looked like a beautiful desk. And I asked my dad, where'd you get this? He goes, oh, you know, I walked nearly three miles to someone who cut the wood. I carried it on my back and we built that desk because that was a big deal to have a desk with a kerosene lamp to study. Yeah. My dad really said, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, will not learn, which means... If you really don't sweat really hard and work, and you you will not learn anything. So I still get up and at five in the morning and I go until twelve and I work my butt off because I feel like I got a house, I got a roof over my head, I got all this stuff. And if I don't use my labor to do something, I'm a fucking parasite. And I learned that when I was about twelve years old. So it's this really it was a real devotion to labor. You valued other people's sweat, their blood, literally, um, their sweat and blood of what they did for you. So we have a lot of people thinking you need this and you need that and you need this. 
my aunt lived in a small hut, about a maybe a 10 foot by 10 foot hut. But it was absolutely clean, Eustace. You'd walk in, she would broom it every day. She had, you know, a little fireplace, you know, everything was perfect. They didn't have a lot, but what they did, they kept with phenomenal, there's no clutter there. You know, they would have a few clothes, right? And when you came in, there was great love. Whatever they had, they'd offer you, right? So this great generosity and this immense, uh, just real deep love for people, you know, the way they spoke to you. And I haven't experienced that, you know, until this community we are starting to build with our own movement. Um, and I think at the heart of it, that's what we all seek. But they didn't have a lot, but they had a lot, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, uh, again, going back to my, my travels in Guatemala, the, the people had very little but they were much happier. And it, it struck me, especially my first several weeks in Guatemala. It's like these people have a different vibration. They're a lot happier. They feel good. They're, they're very clear. They're real. They're quick to giggle. And they're not so worried and fearful, even though they have things to be fearful about. You know, we would protect the village every night. If some enemy came in, we would put the fires out really fast. You know, everybody was scattered. They'd been through a lot of violence and seen a lot of their people killed mutilated beheaded but they still maintain the integrity of a, a good center vibration and and so th that was very impressive to me coming from a very different culture where everybody is so uh basically if you get right down to it fearful like they won't look at you to smile or wave or just wish you a good day you know uh, it, it's a very big contrast but but the people uh, are closer those people are closer to reality you know and yeah. the, people in the villages you're describing your your grandfather had uh, a much keener sense of reality because he put his own hands on it and if you don't if you don't work if you don't have an awareness like i, I work with people that will throw away a cotton rag I'll, I'll pull it out of the trash like do you realize how much energy this took to make you have to clear the forest you have to till the ground you have to find nutrition for the cotton you have to plant the cotton you have to harvest the cotton you have to pull the seeds out of it you have to spin it you have to weave it and you're throwing that away it's like come on people and but they can't know because they live in a culture no. devoid of basically truth and reality they don't know that they're so horrifically wasteful america <laughs> And you know what's, what's interesting, Eustace, um, uh, those, you know, when my great grandfather was like almost like the alpha wolf, meaning when you were in his presence, you didn't fuck around. You didn't say stupid shit. You didn't. You had a great sense of respect. Uh, you were very careful with what you spoke. You didn't give your random opinions of what you thought. You know, everyone's got a fucking opinion, not based on truth. Um, and he looked literally like an eagle, <laughs> you know, I wish I had a picture of him, right? Uh, very few words. When he exited the planet, he called everyone and he said, look, I'm leaving now. And he was very, very practical. He said, look, I have no debts. I've left this much money over there. I made sure I paid blah, blah, blah off. I played, you know, like he made sure he didn't owe anyone anything. Right. Nice. And, um, then he just exited. Typically when people die, you know, they defecate, they urinate, um, nothing, you know, absolutely a peaceful death. So they say how you die is you can reflect on how people lived.
but I've seen, if you want to talk about an avatar was my great grandfather, you know, if you want to say someone who lived the life of a godly life, but it was a very simple life, you know, uh, the way he, he had all his teeth when he died, he, they would make their own mixture of calcium, you know, uh, I think charcoal carbonate, right. A little bit of copper, um, you use your finger to brush your teeth and the neem trees branch, right? That's, there are not toothbrushes you go by it somewhere. Um, so you, people figured out how to live in coexistence with nature, frankly, quite well. So, um, you know, I always ask my uh, parents, like, why did you leave India? On some level, you have to ask this question, right? Yeah. Why did you leave this village and want to go to the cities, right? And ultimately what happened was you have to look at the evil that took place was people came into these cities and they started, or the villages, they started destroying the villages, right? They didn't like these self-sustainable. These were thousands of years old self-sustainable. If you want to talk about a decentralized cellular structure, that's what they had. Um, interesting note, before the British came to India, there was no landless peasantry. There was no poverty. There may have been a few leper colonies, and this is quite well documented. Um, India was a land of small decentralized villages, which uh, people, and by the way, people didn't have a notion of owning property. You didn't own property. It was like the Native Americans. What do you mean you own the land? Yeah, we're using this land, but no one really owns it. If anything, it was communal property and right. people used it. And then when they died, it didn't go to some air, right? So there's some very, very interesting, profound concepts there that still remain um, to this day, but it was the movement of capital, right? And the denunciation of labor or the devaluation of human labor that resulted in what we have today. So the scumbags that run the world today think they're smart based on how they manipulate people. There was a guy, you know, after I started running Eustace, I don't know if you know, they, uh, in 2020, we really, they didn't know what to do with us because we used this medium to get our word out everywhere to about a half a billion people. So they had to censor that, right? Mm -hmm. uh, um, so recently when I announced I was running for president, they go find another Indian guy, a South Indian guy, same skin tone. This, uh -huh. is, not, this is not by accident, right? Right. And overnight night they push him. Overnight he's everywhere. And he's literally starts repeating slogans, truth, hat, right? Everything we say. But if you look at his history, he comes from the upper caste. He's a lying piece of shit. And, and that's a technical term. You can look at everything he says. He one day says he's for climate change. And the next day on the debate stage, climate change is a hoax, literally in a six month period. Wow. And the duplicity. And in India, there's, you know, among the poor low caste people, they say, if you see a, a Brahmin crossing the dirt road or a snake, kill the Brahmin first. Okay. <laughs> because they have learned from a child how to speak this and say this literally in the same instant. And they think that that's very clever. So we actually live in a world where these people who manipulate, steal, rich, they're engendering values that that's very smart. Ooh, look at how he pulled that off, right? How he manipulated other people. And that becomes literally their modus operandi. Yeah, oh, layers of their ladder that they're climbing and they feel like that they're getting somewhere the further they put more people down. Right.
Now, what the ethos in the village of my grand, you know, those kind of people were not dealt with kindly at all. You know, they weren't treated nonviolently at all either. Okay. Um, it was your goal to teach those people a lesson swiftly because these people were pure evil. So it was a very, it was, these people are pure loving people, but love didn't mean that you put up with garbage, right? That you sustained, uh, not, and, and so that's what's occurred also to the large, broad mass of people with the misleaders. The misleaders have told people, oh, you know, you should be like this. You should be like that. You should put up with getting beaten. I mean, Martin Luther King, like, uh, like Gandhi, was created by the establishment to numb out people's natural instincts. You know, no animal nature says if someone attacks you, oh, take it on the cheek. I don't see that anywhere in nature. That's not the laws of nature. Law at all. The antithesis is what is natural law. Yeah. So you don't survive in nature. So, but in those villages, people are absolutely kind, you know, absolutely loving. But if you did something wrong, the justice was quite swift and it was 99.9% .9 of the time quite accurate too. And so uh, people didn't fuck around with their teachers. You know, you value the apprentice master model, right? A teacher who may have, my father's teacher in that village had maybe two shirts, you know, a white shirt and one of those white dhotis, right? But he taught my dad mathematics under mango tree. My dad, you know, became a very, very sharp engineer. But you learn, by the way, when you learn at that level, you learn how to derive everything from fundamentals. Um, so... For foundation, and that that's, gives you a more stable awareness, a more stable platform to understand everything as you go up. And without that broad foundation, which is, again, the, the entire point of what I'm bringing to the table today is the problem is we don't have a broad foundation. You're just sort of stood up like a, a lone twig without any truth and uh, value down here. And then you lose your freedom along the way, and pretty soon you're you're ready just to blow away. You know, and so, yeah, I mean, what's interesting to what you just said is um, there's some some people are quite there's one ignorant person on the thread here saying, oh, Dr. Shiva can't run for president. He can't because he wasn't born here. So this is what's happened. People don't even go study the Constitution. They don't go. They don't understand even how the legal framework was set up. Um, and part of our campaign is asserting that, you know, when the Constitution was created, before even the Bill of Rights, they said that only a natural born person could be run for office, but they never define natural born. And you have to put this in the context of 1787. They had just won a revolution. The opposition was now running the counter revolution, trying to come back into power. They obviously didn't want the king having a child and, the, and then that child becoming, I mean, this was at a very particular during a fledgling democracy. But what's fascinating is because people don't study, because they don't sit their butt down and they don't value knowledge, they haven't learned that the Marquis de Lafayette, who was a Frenchman who fought on the side of the revolutionaries from France because of his great work, they deemed him to be a natural born citizen and all of his heirs. So what is the definition of natural born? They, the founders never defined it. Anyway, then you go to the fact uh, much later, they had something called the 14th Amendment which said, which was the equal protection clause, which made it amply clear that you will not discriminate between someone who comes here, works their butt off, 
legally and becomes a naturalized citizen, that you cannot have a two-tier citizenship. So a lot of people forget that the Constitution moved from that to something called these amendments, which reframe what the Constitution and it, it changes, right? Because the original Articles of Confederation said only he can be president. Well, that means women can't be president. Well, the 19th Amendment changed that. So you have a lot of ignorant people, including those people running government, and, and everyone takes at face value, oh, that's true. Dr. Shiva can't run. Well, in 2011, the Federal Election Commission ruled that a naturalized citizen can run for office. The First Amendment actually gives anyone, even a, 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 a four-year-old, believe it or not, can run for office by the First Amendment. And, and so the lack of understanding of how the founders framed all this and how the Constitution works is not understood. So part of what we're also doing, uh, Eustace, is educating people on that. Let's follow the laws that have actually been created because they don't want you to follow even their own laws. They think their laws are for us and not for them, you know? So there's a lot of very profound uh, things I think come out of our movement and our campaign. Um, and I appreciate what you said because, you know, I'm as real as you get, man. I mean, everything I've done, I've had to earn. I've had to fight injustice my entire life. When I say that something about the caste system is something I've experienced, when I say, Anything I say is not a soundbite. And for all of these people, they've never experienced any of this. They, like you said, they have no, not only do they have no experience about even being president, but they actually have no experience about being a human being on some fundamental level. And you take someone like the Kennedys. I mean, these people are a crime family. None of them, like you say, have ever worked anything under their, I'll give you an example, just guy Booby Kennedy he flies falcons for a living. That's his hobby. That's what the big Saudi sheiks do, right? And then when I pointed that out, the next day he goes and hangs out with turkeys. And he says, see, I'm with a turkey now with kids. And that's how quick they're to flip. When they're critiqued and exposed for who they are, they immediately use the, their access to media to try to reframe themselves within microseconds, Eustace. It's wow. quite extraordinary. Yeah. And that's that's one thing that uh, I think with my limited education, limited experience that is going on right now, you're talking about the, the refinement of the manipulation. So we have the most refined manipulation to where you get a playbook to start and then you refine it from there. They do with their advisors and their awareness, their family, their role models of their family within their family. But uh, it's like they uh, have more money. You know, money is a certain ability of power. You can manipulate more with more money. So the people at this point in time have more manipulation power than any human being in the history of humanity through all time. Yeah. And, and this is something I don't think people understand. This is why, you know, in the ancient, uh, ancient, ancient yogic texts, you know, it says the earth goes through different cycles. There was a time when there was pure truth. 100% of the people you could trust were loving, kind, people of duty and honor. And then it decays to a world where, okay, now one out of three out of four people are like that. And then it goes to a world where half of the people you can't trust. And then the age that we're living in is called the, the darkest age. It's called the Kali Yuga. 
K-A-L-I-Y-U-G-A. And this is an age that, you know, 80% of people have lived such a morally decrepit lifestyle and they, the leaders that they choose reflect that decrepit lifestyle. And, but it's also an opportunity for great enlightenment because um, in the midst of all this darkness, there will be amazing opportunity for people to advance themselves very rapidly too. And unlike any other age, so that contradiction is also existing right now where, um, so that's why our movement attracts those kinds of people. And the, the rule I think of nature is when you get enough of those people, you don't need a lot of them. You can pull all the other 50% of people are wavering, right? And that takes it to a different world, but it has to be, it's, it, it doesn't just happen. It has to be organized. You have to uh, work very hard to do this even. It's not just, you just wait and the Messiah comes out of nowhere. The Messiah may choose not to come because you're all a bunch of dirt bags that he doesn't want to come here because it's such a filthy world. It's become hell, right? The Messiah also can make choices here, right? And frankly, we each have to realize we're our own messiahs. Um, and I think God ultimately watches, what do we do, right? Do we have self-dignity for us? So that's what our movement really is about. And they, and I think we spoke about this, Eustace, um, truth, freedom, health, which we teach in our training. Those three principles are natural principles of the three laws of nature, the movement of information, matter, and energy. That's freedom. In engineering science, we call it transport. Nature's constantly converting things to one form to another. It's fall right now. The leaves, right? The leaves are going through a conversion process, right? We yeah. have to leave a little bit differently, right? Those um, leaves will eventually rot down and become the food for the feeding the next season. It's all in transition. Yeah. So that conversion process is manifested actually in conversion and engineering. And that's the truth piece. Truth is really a process. If you don't just get to truth, you have to work hard and you have to reflect and you have to go within in many ways you're applying the scientific method is this true you have to did what i say I'm, I'm constantly wondering did i say that the right way you know after i give a talk could i've said it better so you're constantly doing this process of refinement and that yeah. gets to truth and that's the refinement process and health is ultimately the infrastructure right the earth is the infrastructure of everything we have right but your physical health is your infrastructure. So these principles, truth, freedom, health, are based on natural principles. So it's not just words. And in nature, you need motion to make sure you have, right? You need the wind, you need the motion of the seeds to have germination, right? That's what the freedom principle really is. The conversion process really represents the process of truth. So truth, freedom, health is literally, and by the way, in the Indian system, interesting enough, they called it, in the ancient Indian sciences, they called it Vath, Pith, and Kaf. Vatha, Pitta, and Kapha. And those three principles are manifested in us. So it's an extraordinary opportunity for people because they can, when they come to our movement, you know, and we don't really try to convince anyone, um, they're a pretty enlightened person because they've overcome Donald Trump. His, his bullshit, you know, who acts like he's fighting for the poor, the working class takes advantage yeah, well, of it. All you have to do is uh, look at that track record of uh, supporting the vaccine. You know, somebody that supports the vaccine and awards somebody that's pushing it. And, and the, the result is millions of people dying. Is like, is that a good guy? And if, you know, if he made a mistake with that, if he realized he made a mistake, 
then he should uh, be humble enough to uh, recognize it and recognize it publicly. So, you know, you got to really question. And that's what you're saying is uh, follow people's track record. You look at a track record. If you make a mistake that's literally killing, murdering millions of people, you might really want to evaluate, is that a good leader? Is that, is that the person we want leading us? Yeah, and I think that's the issue. Just, the litmus test for leadership is what is a leader? If you take a bunch of iron filings and you put a magnet, the first filing that connects and pulls everything else, it's a head um, leading, actually doing the leading. And, and a very good litmus test I keep explaining to people is if you go to 2020, you will see the three flavors of evil. The obvious evil was a guy like Fauci, who was just telling people, yeah, you got to take the vaccine. We need the lockdowns, not an obvious evil. The next level of not a little bit not so obvious evil, but was Trump, right? Trump was telling people, I'm fighting for you. I'm against Big Pharma. But he took money from Big Pharma for his inauguration. He never fired Fauci. He was pushing the vaccines. He gave Fauci a commendation medal 12 hours before he left office. Right. Yet he was telling people, oh, I'm against Fauci. You know, I can't fire him. But then he gave him an award, a medal. Right. The third level, to me, the most evil form of this is people who mouth the words even more vociferously, act like they're men of the people. But and that's a booby fucking Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And what's fascinating with him, and this is a real cleverness, that uh the, the pure, not so obvious establishment people use this. They claim, oh, I'm here to help you. I'm here to, I'm here for your safety. Whenever they use the word <laughs> safety, right? And that's what oh Kennedy, my gosh. Yeah, so Kennedy uses the word, I'm going to, we need safe vaccines. Very <laughs> clever. Now, all someone needs to do is say, whenever the government, whenever any one of the elites talks about safety, that is the, 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 the you're, you're next to the threshold of fascism. Because whenever they say safety, that means they're going to, you're going to say, oh my God, he's going to save me safety. And therefore they're going to do stuff to save you. But the things that they do, it's actually put you in more bondage. And if you look at the Kennedys, the first Kennedy, John F. Kennedy, is the one who created the 19 and signed into law the 1962 Vaccination Act which created all the government agencies, which was all the infrastructure and philosophically said, I have a right into Eustace Conway's body. I have a right into Dr. Shiva Iadere's body, right? I have a right into, but that's what they set up. And that was done by John Kennedy in 1962. Then 24 years later, when people were getting injured they, and they were suing in the federal courts, which they have every right to do, they couldn't have even the lawsuits. So the next Kennedy, Ted Kennedy, who murdered a woman here, he was drunk and dove into a pond in a car, left her there to die for 16 hours while him and his father and got the story together with the right PR, let her die. And he got to be U.S. Senator. That's Ted Kennedy. OK, the other uncle of Robert Kennedy. He's the one who was the architect of the 1986 National Vaccine Injury Act, which basically sounds good. Right. National vaccine injury. But it was basically a euphemism for ensuring that you could never sue a pharmaceutical company for vaccines in any court. You had to sue them under another government institution. They, they created a court 
within the executive branch, which is a total violation of the entire concept of the separation of powers. That was done by Kennedy too. Now, Kennedy 3.0, Robert fucking Kennedy, he, we found a video that he's about to give a talk to Farrakhan, another criminal, right? Who executed Malcolm X. But he says, I believe in full vaccination of all. This is Robert Kennedy about five years ago. And we're the ones who unearthed that video. We had to do the custodial work as me as a low caste, you know, person. I had to do the shit work of finding this video where Kennedy's explicitly saying, I vaccinated all my kids with all 69 vaccines. I believe in full vaccination of all Americans. I am fully pro-vaccine. And then with his cleverness, he goes on for the next 10 minutes to lambaste all the government organizations who are corrupt. But then he ends, this is the punchline, I'm going to get them to create safe vaccines for you when I'm president. You see this duplicity? It's Fauci, at least, he's as Malcolm X said, he's a wolf who comes at you to bite you in the neck. Trump is a, a little bit, he, he's a hybrid between a wolf and a fox. But Kennedy is a pure fox, a pure white liberal scumbag who, and you look at his lineage, so he's, he's never denying government should not be involved in your life. They should be involved in your life. They should have, but he's going to create safe vaccines. And this is, to your point, Eustace, the level of duplicity that they're operating at. And the media, on all the social media, has put me in a digital cage, but they'll push him. You see? Because they need all, they need the wolf to lead some of the sheep in. They need a hybrid wolf and a fox, like a Trump, to lead some of the sheep in. And then they have the fox you know, who manipulate the sheep when they need them. And the elites are just figuring out what do we need right now? Okay, we could do it with a Joe Biden, okay, or a Clinton. Well, it's not working. People are getting a little bit, that's obvious. Oh, maybe we do Trump, maybe indict him a little bit, make him look. Or maybe we need a Robert fucking Kennedy because he could be the man of the hour because all these people think he's their fighter. And so that's how clever they've become. Yeah, that's a, a lot of manipulation there with a lot of moving parts and it's hard for people to wrap their head around it, especially when they're being worked to death and taxed to death. Exactly. And energy and they're falling asleep because they, they can't uh, keep up. Yeah. And what's important, Eustace, with, you know, you're supporting what we're doing and you're letting other people know. Um, we're getting a lot of people. A couple of weeks ago, we had a woman I mean, I'm in Cambridge, Massachusetts, which is a center of the uh, beast in many ways. You know, we're sort of literally behind enemy lines. A woman who uh, said she hated me three years ago because I was attacking Bernie Sanders. She goes, I find you, you know, I can't believe you're attacking Bernie and blah, blah. And then she said, you know, but I had to sit and listen to all your videos. Every You called out Bernie nearly 14 years ago. And I realized how he sold us out because, you know, Bernie openly came out supporting Biden. And I said, yeah, you just have to study the physics here. Once you understand the principles, you won't go, you won't be like a political prostitute going from this bed to this bed. So we're getting people from the quote unquote, the far left camp were flipping, the Kennedy camp were flipping, the Trump camp, right? I mean, the Bidens are the obvious establishment, but that's what gets very, very interesting, Eustace. And then uh, folks like you were very thoughtful, right? who've been sitting back, you you have, you have honor Malcolm X, right? You know the difference between Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, big difference, right? Yeah. And right. 
Yeah. And so we just need enough. We don't need billions. We need, I would say about 10 to 20,000 of those people really get it. And it's sort of game, set, match. It's over. Because any one of those people who gets it is a wave of consciousness that almost reaches around 10 million people. That's the, the sort of the aura those people carry when they have that level of understanding. And when, so we don't need everyone. And when you raise that consciousness, I really believe it's over for these guys. And that's what we okay. want to do. Yeah, so. well, I, I like the analogy I saw you give about uh, water getting hotter and hotter and hotter and then reaching its boiling temperature. And I can really relate to that because of my experience in the natural world. You know, that is the way nature works. Oops. Nature, nature is always governed by truth. And that is a natural process. And uh, I'm, I hope that we can see it manifested in uh, your life, our life, and, and see that change just get to that climax catalyst point. Uh, I want to see it happen. That's why every single day I make people more aware of your work and your movement. Thanks, Jesus. I know one of the common things we shared was your dad was a chemical engineer, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, uh, my dad was a chemical engineer too. What's interesting is chemical engineering in particular physical chemistry is one of the most beautiful sciences because it is literally the glue between the material world and this world of the invisible sciences that you can't see. Because um, one of the simple things you've probably seen how crystals form, how a snowflake forms. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, crystallization is fascinating because you, you see a bottle of liquid and right when you drop that final you know, it's like you're trying to crystallize salt, right? Or something, right? That one last drop, boom, the crystals appear overnight. So that's, to me, that's revolution. Revolution is something you're building, building, building. You don't even know what's going to happen. And then the next person that gets it, boom, it's over, right? You you face, you go through a phase transition, right? You can't go back. And that's the beauty. And that's my hope. That's my hope. Right. In country is that there's enough people that come on board with clarity and conviction or even trust that they they come on board for your movement and and your movement is founded basically on the truth of what, what's really going on like that knowing the truth is never a bad thing you know health is never a bad thing freedom is never a bad thing so whatever level they can join on they'll be joining in a way that puts energy towards rising to that climax transformation and that that's what we need we we have to climb the ladder and i i'm thinking that this time period you know uh we we, we have been so oppressed so lied to becoming so unhealthy you know it, it's uh it's a natural process like the rise and fall of all populations we're you're you're speaking you're alive at the moment where it's so bad that people might be willing to pay attention to the truth and reality and do something about it. You know, you have to have a certain level of inspiration to me. I just always have inherently valued freedom and I'm, I'm willing to fight for it. I'm willing to die for it, not just for myself, but for my people, for this country. And that's, that's kind of a, a catalyst point that we need to get more people to, you know, that people have to recognize and value, but if they're anesthetized and asleep and overly entertained and uh, they're not hungry on any level, then they're just gonna keep on plodding along.
And I, I personally just been able to step out of that process and look at it and, and just say, Oh my gosh. And so, you know, that's why I'm so attracted to your intelligent perspective, your voice, your ability as an individual to not only have great understanding, great ap academic awareness of how to put the puzzle pieces together, but the humble ability to communicate it to the larger uh, population, to the, the people that haven't been blessed with the um, education that you have. You know, education comes in a lot of forms, but basically people just are overly entertained and lied to and willing to trust and believe those lies to the point where they are calmly uh, going to their death. You know, and they're the people, the culture, we're dying. This is a, this is a dying situation. And uh, I'd really like to turn it around and revive it. So I feel it. I feel it in my heart. I feel it with my intelligence level. I feel it with the years and years of, of backing out of the normal culture and being able to look back with a very keen awareness. And so that, that uh, transformation that we need, you know, we're, we are at a critical point. We need to make that transition. Are we going to be able to or are we not? Well, I pray that we will. We need to. Please, people, let's do it. You know, and that's why when I, I find you and hear your words and recognize with real, real critical evaluations, like, oh, Dr. Shiva is spot on. Please, people, pay attention. This is your chance. Eustace, I think what's happened to people is they've been so bullshitted with so many layers of bullshit that when they see the real thing, uh, we have a lot of people now saying, you know, I saw your video and I had cognitive dissonance for two days. And these are very intelligent people, you know, people who are schooled. And, um, and what's interesting is that they are willing to do some self-reflection now. That wasn't the case two, three years ago. There's a lot of ego. So it's fascinating to find people who tell me, I didn't like you cursing at blah, 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 but you're right. That's very weird. When was the last time you're trying to sell something and you're cursing at, you know, and you're being yourself, right? You're, you're all the layers of diplomacy have gone away because they are, that's what they are. They're just layers of shit. So it's. Well, you're so familiar with shit. They don't know anything but shit. They never been exposed to the truth right. and reality. It's a whole world of shit, you know, like right. they, right. every model and role model they have, everything they've been familiar with is all an illusion, you know, and, again, my, my voice, my perspective, I've gone out in nature where there are no people. There's no shit out there. Only shit is good shit. You're mentioning in your villages that uh, you cook. I've cooked many meals on manure. You have to make sure it's dry and it's, a, it's nice as charcoal. But, uh, you know, there's in the modern world that most all people are familiar with, it's just all bullshit and illusion. And they, they don't know how to discern one layer from another because they've never experienced truth. And for many, many decades, I lived in a world where there was nothing but truth. And so it's really easy for me to see a bunch of shit, even if it's well uh, covered and manipulated and presented. You know, like when I would go out into the modern world, people 
would would look at my clothes you know i had furs on where i killed them and ate them you know and made my clothes and sewed them together with deer tendons with a needle made out of a bone you know and people would look at it and touch it and there's like is that real and i didn't understand for years i didn't understand people over and over and over said is is that real is that real is that real it's like what is this what is this thing about is it real it's like i wasn't familiar with anything anything not being real and they were coming from a culture where they weren't familiar with anything being real you know so it's almost like a cultural clash but it all of that has given me perspective so that i, I value understand and have real discernment about what is truth and what is real and more importantly how to back it with the value that comes out of it it's really really super important to have the truth so not only be able to discern it but live with it and live by it and and that's sort of the, a lot of the foundation of my convictions and perspective that's why i'm willing to die for it because i recognize how important it is and most people don't even know the playing field that we're on yeah and I, and and so but What's, what's fascinating, Eustace, is we pound away as a movement, not at the obvious establishments, that's pretty easy, but at these not so obvious establishments, slick car salesmen, you know, the real foxes. And that's really the order of the day because they're the shit piled up on shit. And when they fall, it's going to be much, much easier because the other stuff is pretty easy. And so that's where we really have to spend a lot of our time. Um, it's really exposing that. Uh, the good news is we've created now a movement, a global movement. And initially, what I find is in if you're really looking at states of consciousness. So in 2020 and 2021, people are so into, let's say, Bernie Sanders on the left or Trump. When we, we had to do the dirty work of exposing these guys, right, to break them away from that illusion, and that would be like the linchpin where we would lose people. Well, no, I think you guys are being too critical. Trump did this, this, and this, right? Bernie did this, this, and this. So, or Bernie said this, right? Said this, right? Not their actions, you know? And, and then also saying, well, who, 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 what, what do you want? You know, you look like you want perfection. That would be the other thing, right? But they basically, what they, it's not they wanted perfection. They were willing to live in shit and layers of shit. And the flyer that, you know, you held up, which was very valuable to hold because that flyer, when we put that flyer out, we had to make it really simple. Uh, as you see here, it used to some sharing it. And the, th the theme of the flyer is the lesser of two evils is killing your children. How much more, if you have any humanity left in you, whether you're an adult and you have, if you don't have your children, but you should surely care for others, children, this graph pretty much says it all right? It says the lifespan in the United States is going upside down. And this has been occurring since the Kennedys. And the rest of the world is going to follow. And behind that red line going upside down, it's not the vaccines. Everyone says no, it's been occurring long before the vaccines. And we talk about the swarm. We tell people to get involved. But this curve makes it very, very dramatic for people. Because when they unravel that curve, they have to really reflect now. How did we get here? And then they realize it's not any one particular issue 
Um, Eustace, it's not, you know, it's the vaccine that did this, right? It's, it's not something in the environment. There's a whole bunch of things. It's been a, a, a process of nearly how many ever years you've been, you know, you've been take, you've been manipulated by this person. Then you went over here. You're manipulated by that one. It's like an abuse person. It's like a yeah. foster child that runs to this parent and this parent and this parent gets raped here, gets pillaged there, gets, you know, trafficked over here, that kind of thing. Right. And they haven't had a chance to reflect on their lives that you've been basically manipulated for your entire life by all of these people. And now your children's lifespan is going to be less than yours. And that's, and so some people may not care because they're selfish and none of these people want to talk about that because it'll expose all of them. So that's why we think that flyer is very important because for the person who's working so hard, they don't have the time to think that little curve says it all. It's a very simple messaging. They're killing your children. Do you want that to continue? And there's only one way you can't vote for the lesser of two evils. Got to make a change. Got to be the change. Got to do it. Yeah. Like, for example, someone saying big pharma is killing people. The food is killing people. Well, the reality is Donald Trump killed people. Uh, the Kennedys killed people. Booby Kennedy, he was supporting lockdowns. He killed millions of people, right? Because those lockdowns directly affected people's physiology. So people have to make, they have to remove all the shit away. Use very simple words. Robert effing Kennedy killed your child. He supported lockdowns in 2020. Donald Trump killed your child, right? All of those people on stage killed your child. Yeah, that's murder. It's yep. real clear. Murder, 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 murder. Yeah. It, 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 to me, is as clear as a crystal glass that's been well polished. It's a lot of murder by right. leaders. Right. All right, Eustace, I know we're going to try to plan me coming down at some point to North Carolina. Please do. And, yeah, we will. We just had a uh, another very young kid. Uh, his name is Moses, actually. <laughs> um, he recently came young, and he he was uh, he worked for American Airlines, I think, and he had been watching our movement. Was very grateful that we had come out against the mask mandates and all. Um, but uh, he's down in North Carolina, so we're gonna uh, try to put a group together there and all. You know, perhaps do something to everyone listening. Um, I just want to thank Eustace that you came into my life, uh, that you're here, um, and the more, you know, share as much as you can to everyone listening. By the way, all of our social media, they, you know, put us in a digital cage. So anyone listening, they should take this like the Viet Cong did, you know, and go through their own tunnels of communication and share wherever they can. That's the only way to get stuff out. But the future is offline. And, uh, I really want to play before we go this video that we played in the beginning, you know, because it's a pretty cool video. Mind control that more than half of our populace is under. How are you meandering around that?
final action steps for people. But I always like to tell people to go to our site and get one of these bumper stickers. It's something anyone, any working person can do. You put it on the back windshield of your car. You go to Shiva, Shiva numeral four, president.com. The other thing people can do is go to that website, download one of those flyers, print them, you know, do whatever you can by any means necessary, as someone said, to get a printer <laughs> and print those flyers out there. Your public libraries, you pay tax dollars, go print it over there, print it everywhere um, and hand it out to, you know, keep in your glove compartment, learn how to interact with people. And then we have an entire program we've created for those people. You know, we call it Truth Freedom Health. Um, I try to give it away. People are weird. Then we charge very little. And then we tell people if they take the course adults, then they can be philanthropists overnight. They can give it away to as many kids as they want. So you literally take the course, you can give it away to a million kids, a hundred kids, how much? Nothing. So we want people to have skin in the game, but then get involved and give this knowledge to 13 through 18 year olds um, because understanding system science, understanding truth, freedom, health should be taught at the kindergarten level and why these things are uh, related. Um, and so it's fundamentally an educational movement and we're not here to convince, we're more here to inspire people and find those people want to raise their consciousness. And after that, it's up to the universal principles of self-organizing systems. Every person that starts raising their consciousness, they will self-organize into something that I shouldn't even be predicting what that world should look like. Because then I would become a top-down fascist. You know what I'm saying? I shouldn't say, well, I want a world like this. It should be a catalyst to raise consciousness. And what those conscious people create will be the world that it needs to be. Which is the way this country should have been run all along before the cancer started taking over and eating our system. Yeah. Well, there's always a thing. You always have to be vigilant, right? So that's that cancer early. We, we didn't do it. We right. got to catch it before it's too late. Let's do right. something now. All right, Eustace, thank you. Do you want to give any final words of wisdom before we sign off? Uh, and yeah, well, I've, I don't know about any great fun uh, words. I, I like what you were saying about uh, educational base, because basically my belief system is that the knowledge of the people from the people with the people about the people is the real foundation that we have to have. If you don't have knowledge, how can you uh, go forward? You know, we, we need to eradicate ignorance and support all forms of truth and knowledge and then l let the people do their own uh, research. Uh, that's uh, basically I've been lucky to accrue a lot of knowledge and insight through uh, a lot of uh, investment of time and energy to create a broad education within myself. That's where I have perspective. And when you have real perspective when you really can see when your eyes are open, you can't neglect to recognize how we have to do something. And, and we all should have that personal commitment. So I hope that everybody can just uh, evaluate, be critical, and um, come up with your own understanding. And uh, please take advantage of what Dr. Shiva is sharing because he's got some super duper wonderfully powerful insight into the bigger picture of the systems and how it all connects and how we've been lied to in uh, a phenomenal manipulation package that we would call modern America. So uh, thanks for having me with you and uh, being a part of the movement. Many blessings.
Yeah, many blessings, Yusuf. Yusuf, stay on. I'm just going to play a final video as we, because it'll talk about the movement. I'll be right back. I'll take okay. a couple of minutes. Hold on. We have allowed our country to be taken over from within. And the end goal is you will have a homogenized world where we will become slaves because there is a condition among the elites that really thinks they're better than you deep down inside them that you don't deserve the freedoms you have. They don't. This reality is what people need to wake up to and we need to all unite working people. There's only one movement that can do that. And that is the movement that we started creating here in Massachusetts, the movement for truth, freedom and health. Look, I've been a student of politics since I was a four year old kid studying revolutionary movements, left wing, right wing. There's a physics, there's a nuclear science to destroying the establishment. To build a bridge, you need to understand Newton's equation. You need to understand the laws of gravity. You need to understand Poisson's ratio. There is a way to build a revolution. And that's why I put this together. My goal is to train a army of truth, freedom, and health leaders. We don't need followers like social media. We need leaders, but they need training because the educational system does not teach them history, nothing. So in three hours, that's what I've started doing. That's the solution. Wow. We got to train people first with understanding what a system is, the dynamics of all systems that affect nature. The second is understanding the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health. Freedom is the ability to move freely, communicate freely, talk freely. Without freedom, you cannot convert ideas hypothesis into truth, which is science. And without freedom, you can't really get to truth. And without truth, you make up fake problems and fake solutions, which means you destroy our health. And without health, which is the infrastructure of us and our body, you can't fight for freedom. Truth, freedom, health. Third concept is it has to be bottoms up. Working people, people who work uniting. And what the right wing has done is whenever you say working people unite, that must be communist. Meanwhile, they've let the Democrats run unions, which suppress workers, completely corrupt. But when you look at the arc of American history, it's been when working people came up. We need to go local. Every solution I'm coming up with as a part of this movement, we're giving the science, which is the truth, and then we tell people what they can do on the ground. Like with election fraud, you don't need to wait for some lawyer. Our goal is to train people to go local, to go local, to go local, fight locally. Forget lawyers, forget politicians, Forget celebrities, you've got to learn politics. And there is a science to it. They lock us down, we should be ready to shut them down. And the fourth part of this principle is the not so obvious establishment. So when you look at a system, there's always something that disturbs you from getting to your goal. Well, the biggest disturbance is the not so obvious establishment, which are those people who claim they're for you on the left and the right. The Al Sharptons who tell black people I'm for you. The Tucker Carlsons. Do you think any true anti-establishment person will ever be on Fox or CNN? I don't think so. They both mislead working people back into the establishment. Without this solid understanding of political physics and theory, you're screwed. You're going to follow on the left wing, Bernie Sanders, oh, he said something, or Robert Kennedy, scumbags. Or you're going to follow some right wing talk show host. They're not going to lead us to liberation. It's us. We're building a bottoms up movement. And that political physics, it's a nuclear science of change bottoms up. We have to organize to understand that there is people who talk a good game and then look at what they actually do, left and right. I'm sorry, Sean Hannity may say some good things, but I don't see the urgency in his voice to get something done. And it can only come when you weaponize yourself with the right knowledge. You need to be able to identify a rat. You know, Christ didn't go after the Romans, right? It was the Pharisees and the Sadducees who screwed him up. His own quote unquote people. And that's where we're at. So these four concepts 
I've built into a curriculum where people can go to truthfreedomhelp.com and it's an educational program. We need to train people in political theory. You need to have physics and I've created that curriculum. People need to get educated. We need to get educated fast. And within a half an hour, an hour, I can teach people two years of MIT control systems. I teach people those concepts. Then I apply it, anyone can understand it. And then you say, oh, I got to build a bottoms up movement. They have to get politically astute and then they have to go locally and act, not sit there on social media. They have to act locally, defy locally, do civil obedience locally, but with knowledge on how to build a movement. And the Senate campaign's expanded to the movement for truth, freedom, and health, and they can find it on truthfreedomhealth.com so people can sign in, they can get access to a bunch of videos. If they want to take a course and become a truth, freedom, health leader, I offer a full scholarship there, but we want people to make a commitment that they'll study, that they'll get certified, that they'll go do activities on the ground. So go to truthfreedomhealth.com. Everyone, once again, I want to thank Eustace Conway uh, for this wonderful conversation we had. Uh, I also want to invite everyone every Thursdays, um, Eustace at 11 a.m. and 8 p.m., we do these open houses and we get people from all over the world. So Thursdays is typically like a 24-hour day for me. Um, th these So we get people from Europe coming in and everyone shares their really cool backgrounds. Sometimes the morning goes from 11 to 2 and the evening session goes from couple of weeks ago, we talked about sound pollution, you know, how sound affects the physiology of our body. That went from eight to um, midnight. So it's a great opportunity for people to come. We take a systems approach for understanding people learn, they get to meet other people. Um, and then people are connecting all over the world, you know, so it's very nice. Anyway, thank, uh, appreciate you, Eustace. Thank you. I'm just going to sign off here, but stay, stay here, Eustace. Thank you, everyone. Be well.